0: Welcome to our very first podcast. Your host today is Val, and I will be speaking to you today from the unceded territory of the clay in Prince George, BC. Today, we're going to be talking about some gender empowerment issues, especially as they pertain to communications professionals. My background is in both education and communications. I was an elementary school teacher here in Northern British Columbia for about 20 years, I was trained as a teacher in Alberta, and prior to that, I worked in the communications field in Vancouver, BC. So we're going to start with two things that I know right now. We're going to start with, first, gender bias in owning a home, and a little bit of gender bias in education, and then we're going to just talk about some solutions and wrap up the podcast. So, first, I've been a homeowner since I was about 25, and I'm very thankful for that. I bought my first house uh, when I was married, and I owned that house for quite a long time. At some point, the person I was married to was no longer in the marriage and wrote up an agreement saying that I couldn't own the house without him. So, a couple years went by, and I went to... Change it into my name. I thought it would be a seamless process and it wasn't. And so, to my surprise, I was asked for a co signer. Now, bearing in mind some facts, this house had been purchased as a couple, but as a couple, we had made $50,000 a year less than at the place where I was standing at the time when I was trying to renew it in my own name. So, yeah, we were a married couple, but we weren't making money. And when I went to renew it, I was making a bunch more money and the mortgage was a lot smaller. So I couldn't understand how I couldn't just keep this house in my name when I've never missed a single payment. I talked to my mom and a few other ladies I know, and they reassured me that there is massive gender bias in the financial industry. But just listening to people wasn't enough, so I looked it up. And it turns out that there was a survey in Canada here in 2006 that found female business owners are more likely to be turned down for a loan or supplier financing than males. And that was by Orser et al., by the way, if you want to look that up. I also found a bunch of other ones, but another one that struck me was in China in 2018. Um, Loan access for females is virtually half. Of, for males. So I fought what happened to me with First National, um, but never succeeded. So to this day, my mom owns the house with me. And that same person that left the marriage has purchased multiple houses on his own since that time with no problem and a very similar income to my own. So that's one issue. And the other one that I'd like to talk about is education. So if you're an educator and you happen to be listening to my podcast, you may have noticed that that the identity of a kid is no longer something that we should just take for granted and assume. I listened to a speaker recently. Her name is Ruby Latif. She's from the University of Manitoba. And she was talking about the binary definition of identity in schools can lead to discomfort in certain students if they have any kind of gender question or concern or issue or uncomfort or anything. And I've even been exposed to in my school district um, informal policies, just being asked by my employer not to say boys and girls at the time offended me a little bit like you're not going to tell me what to call them I'm not calling them friends for example and now in hindsight it makes sense I just don't like the way that it was uh, fed to me by that particular employer the reason why that employer was hinting that we shouldn't say boy and girl is that some kids as early as grade one, two, I don't know, any age, aren't sure about their gender. And we can no longer ignore that. So in order to not discriminate, we need to start adjusting the way we communicate I looked up the policy in BC, and it basically just is very super vague. It says leaders should determine if diverse needs of students and employees are being addressed comprehensively. And it goes on and on, and then they should fix it. Well, yeah, that's not a concrete policy, people. So my proposed new policy is... Actual policy. I think that each district should be confronted by the province with the request for their written policies, or I guess auditory, if they don't have a typewriter anymore, because some of their policies are still typewritten. But anyway, written or verbal policy around inclusion. If they can't produce it, mandate that. There needs to be clear statement for the teachers and other staff of how to speak to kids. So this is an adjustment that I think isn't too hard to make, but I think that we need to be making it. The overall answer for both of my gender bias issues that I'm bringing up today, as far as I'm concerned, is relationships. Join a community of practice. Collaborate. Get to know people. Even reach out way outside of your normal community of practice. You know what, those people, they might have some interesting feedback as well, whether or not you agree with it. And that brings me to my next point. Whether or not I agree with you, I wanna hear from you. So this podcast is going to be very wide open for your feedback, your input, and I really wanna hear from you. So I'm gonna leave you with my email address, it's val. Dot Lucas at RoyalRoads.ca Thanks for listening